This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Wednesday, July 26, 2017. I have an awesome guest again this week, and that's David Ruddock. Hi, David. How are you? Hi, Miriam. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Ah, thanks for coming on. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast because you and I are both very opinionated people who don't pull any punches, and we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Did you go to New York yesterday for the Moto Z Force uh, Z two? Sorry, Force launch. I did. Um, I just got back at about two o'clock last night. Oh my! So uh, yes, quite a quite a long day for me. It's funny because you know I, they invited me. Obviously, I couldn't justify going to New York City for just this thing, um, unless somebody was going to pay for it, and that wasn't going to happen. Obviously, you know uh, Elena was there. I think from Chip Chick. So that aspect was covered. Um, so you know I've been a big fan of the Z2 Play, and I have a lot of mixed feelings about the Z2 Force. And now I've only played with it for a few hours. I think you've got a little bit more seat time because you played with it at the airport. <laughs> um, yeah. What are your thoughts off the top of your head? Like, what are the things that stick out for you? I mean, immediately, it, most of the things that I think really stuck out to people about this phone were were the things that were leaked before it was even launched, were, you know, the reduced battery capacity, um, the lack of a headphone jack, and then the fact that apparently there is not a regular Z2 this year, it's just the Force, um, which is a very interesting decision on Moto's part. Um, I think the other thing is the high price point immediately is very much, uh, very much in play. Uh, I think that's mitigated to an extent by the fact that it's available on all four carriers and so you can pay for it month to month. And then I just think overall, it, it feels like, well, what did we expect from Motorola when they committed themselves to this this design to continue having compatibility for the mods over time? And I think we got pretty much exactly what would be predicted. Um, although the smaller battery is kind of a slap in the face, I think, that, that really wasn't necessary. Yeah, I mean, look, to me, the mixed feelings are, I liked the Z and the Z Force, yes, last year a lot. Um, the things I liked about them was how thin the Z was, even though it's too thin in a, in a way. But I mean, you got to admire a phone that's five millimeter thin, right? Thick, I should say, because something is not thin. It's thick, no matter how thin it is. Yes. <laughs> right? Thank you. Uh, for agreeing with that. It's just like this weird colloquialism we've developed as tech reporters. I kind it's of true. hate it, right? Anyway, so uh, five millimeter thick is really interesting uh, from a technical point of view. Um, the other thing I liked was mods. Honestly, I think the mod platform is very cool. I still think to this day, I'm enough of a nerd that to me it strikes um, an interesting uh, chord somewhere in my deep nerdiness. Um, but um, what I liked about it was that it, it had, you know, it kind of checked all the boxes at the time. Snapdragon A20 at the time was good. The cameras, both of them had OIS. One, the Force one was slightly higher, higher uh, resolution, which not, does, as you know, doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing because you get smaller pixels. But whatever, they did okay in imaging. Uh, uh, audio was disappointing a bit because of lack of headphone jack, but at least they went with the analog USB-C interface, which means there's no active electronics in the dongle. Um, and et cetera, et cetera. So overall, I was like, okay, good first try. And then the thing that really made it killer for me was the Z Force's battery. 
Because get this, David, I went to Burning Man as I do every year for my, uh, I'm staff there and I, I work there. And um, I thought, what, what phone would I take that I don't have to charge the whole week I'm there and just use casually, like for checking emails and maybe the occasional photo? Because I take multiple phones, of course, you know, we, we both travel with multiple phones all the time, right? Of course. Um, so I took the Z Force and the Kate Spade battery pack. That's the one they sent me. And we're talking about 3,500 milliamp hour in the phone and a 3,000 or 2,500 in the in the pack. So I had 5,000 or 6,000 milliamps with me, and I did not charge it for the whole week I was up there. And that's, that's impressive. That's amazing, uh, right? I mean, I mean, it wasn't on all day, right? It was uh, always not always connected to a network either. Uh, so it wasn't idling a lot, but it still, I, it's kind of amazing. And so now you can't do that with this smaller battery in this phone. And, you know, they, they did the same thing with the Z Play to the Z2 Play, where they reduced the size of the battery. Um, and then, of course, they dropped the Z completely, uh, the, like what we expected to be a Z2 non-force this year. Let's talk about what we both think is going on here. Like, I, I'm concerned they're just trying to make money with the mods the battery mods is, is do you feel the same oh that's absolutely my instinct here i feel like the z2 force is specifically designed to appeal to carriers and retailers not to customers specifically i mean well to customers customers who buy motorola's phones them being the wireless operators here in america and the pitch is hey you know we're going to sell you this phone with a battery that's probably not going to last most people a full day and by the way, we can you can pitch these expensive accessories um, to greatly increase your effective profit margin on handset sales um, to to consumers now. And hey, we can remove the headphone jack too because we know you got Bluetooth earbuds to sell. And so, do you think that was also like because she, I, I had this feeling that with Samsung and others, not like major players like Samsung and others in Android in Android land, not removing the headphone jack this year. Um, we kind of had a minor victory with the headphone jack surviving a few more years. I felt, I feel, I still feel. Uh, and I was thinking that Moto might be smart enough to keep the headphone jack, uh, or rather to put it back on the Z Force and Z, the Z2 Force and Z2, if there was a Z2, which clearly there will never be one. Um, and I was wrong. Uh, and I should have known better because the cynic in me says exactly what you're saying. Hey, we have an adapter in the box. They're going to lose it. They're going to have to buy another adapter. They don't know they can get a $3 one on Amazon. Um, and more importantly, as you said, Bluetooth earbuds are a pretty big profit maker for the carriers. Yeah, so, I, I, I think oh. it really does come down to money in a big way with this phone. And that's I think that's kind of the hard thing to shake, especially when you just look at the decision to shrink the battery. That is, it's so hard to get around that. And then what do you think about the, the other big issue to me on this one, uh, you know, related to this um, profit making? It's interesting that it's available on all four carriers this year. I think Motorola probably made a pretty compelling business case <laughs> for this phone. And I think that comes down to the, the, the upside, um, potential upside in terms of, you know, selling customers on these expensive accessories. I think that really is what it's about. And I think that's probably also why they may be stuck with one model. You know, if Motorola realized they could push basically one hardware SKU, um, they could probably cut down on their costs a little bit. And, you know, carriers can position this phone uniquely as being their their ultra rugged premium device, I think. So it stands apart in the portfolio. And the modularity, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, which means you need to buy a battery, and now they made it they made sure you would. Um interesting, yeah. That's I think it's a very good point you're making. And and I think that um 
I'm, I'm just surprised about the carriers because I really thought that Verizon had such a, such a stronghold on Moto. You know what I'm saying? That they would, Verizon traditionally does not let Moto or other carriers do what they want with their phones or at least has resisted as long as possible. Remember that as, as early, as recently as the, the LG G2, we had a custom version for Verizon, right? Yeah, and that yeah. was LG. So I'm surprised. That's why I'm surprised it's on four carriers at launch. I would have expected this to be a Verizon exclusive for the first month and then on all carriers after that or something like that. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. I was I was a bit surprised by that too. I think maybe um, maybe Verizon you know isn't giving Motorola quite the sweetheart deal it probably has over the years anymore. Maybe the sales. I think that's a good thing there. for us. I think maybe because you know people should have the choice to buy that phone on any. A carrier if they want that phone so that's a good that's that's always been a bit of a bone of contention for me that moto only like had so many of their phones only on on verizon you know yeah it was definitely a kind of an, an annoyance over the years for sure a lot of people missed out on some pretty decent motorola handsets in the u.s because of that so i don't want to sound negative because i i do i think there are some positives about this phone but at the same time i want to talk about another thing that bugs me about it which is the camera subsystem um I was excited to see when the leak showed dual camera because I like dual camera systems. I think they bring something to the table that's that's important. Um, and now we have a dual camera system that's interesting. It's very similar to what we had on the P9 last year right. because it's identical size sensor, one monochrome, one color. Whereas the current Mate 9, P10, P10 Plus have a higher resolution sensor for monochrome. Um, and more importantly, the P10 and the P10 Plus have OIS. And the lack of OIS wouldn't be a big deal to me if this phone was $600. This phone is more like around 800 or seven something hundred. And I just can't fathom how they've gone from a single lens that was f over 1.8, that was either 13 or 21 megapixels uh, with um, OIS last year to dual lenses that are only f over 2.0 and that are non-OIS, so that we, unless they do some kind of software trickery using both sensors, which I don't know if they have the experience, expertise to do that, unless they do that, they're gonna be, it's gonna be suffering in low light. And so far my, my testing in low light has been kind of mixed. I'm not like wowed by this camera right now. Yeah, I, I did some shooting yesterday in New York with it. I will say that I think it's a definite improvement over the Z and Z4 last year. Okay. Um, I think especially in terms of the uh, the dynamic range performance, uh, the Z and Z4 were pretty uh, often very mixed results in those kinds of uh, situations. I think that the uh, the phone this year produces photos that have better balance overall. Colors look a little more realistic. I, I think so far I've had very few shots that are dramatically over or underexposed, which was something that I did have a problem with with the uh, with the Z and Z Force last year. Okay. Um, I think that the you still see some of the typical Motorola camera problems. Um, I'm still seeing you know whites that are a little too blue, especially when light is challenging. Um, comparing to the Pixel, I was shooting with both the Pixel XL and the Z2 Force yesterday. And in challenging or strange lighting situations, the Z2 Force definitely aired cooler, whereas the Pixel was able to pick up areas that were naturally warm and be able to separate out the cooler tones uh, more effectively. And also, the Z2 Force definitely processes more aggressively on fine details, especially if the light is more challenging than the Pixel does. So you can lose out 
undetailed despite the sensor being a little uh, a little bit higher resolution. So I I would say it's a good camera is oh, in but, terms but, of no, still. No, but I agree. Like I don't think it's a bad camera from my quick testing so far. And again, I want guys to you know these are really first impression. I've spent maybe an hour with the phone walking around the neighborhood at sunset. So it's not like really uh, a very good uh, a very good gauge. But I want to say that I, I I think good cameras are the norm now. Like you know what I'm saying, David? Like. At $800, I expect more than good. That's true. And I mean, if you're asking me to pick between a Galaxy S8, a Pixel, and a Z2 Force, there's no way the Z2 Force is probably going to come up in the and conversation. That's my point. It should at least come in the conversation. It should have lead to a broad, like the U11 brings something to the table in terms of imaging. You know, um, it's kind of a low light champ. And, and you know, the, the Galaxy S8 is a super fast, well-rounded camera. And then the Pixel is arguably in some ways better in some ways worse uh lack of os can be an issue uh, i've actually can prove that to people i've now got a use case i can show to people that shows one of the we one of the only probably weakness of the xl and the pixel um but it, it's like i think i wanted to be at least you know in the ballpark when i feel like they just got to the fence of the ballpark yeah i agree with that i i would say last year they were still yet you know, further behind everybody else For in the sure. camera department. So this is this is a welcome improvement, I think. But yeah, it doesn't quite get to that level. And I think it's kind of the same kind of story we saw with OnePlus and a OnePlus 5, where, well, I think that there, to an extent, there's, there's some real know-how that has to go into uh, image processing performance. And Motorola doesn't quite seem to have it. And OnePlus definitely didn't have it. So, But you know, you it's know. interesting to me because... Qualcomm sells this as a service, basically. You yes. can pay them and they will tell you how to like leverage their super awesome ISP algorithms. And so how can they miss that boat? Like it, it seems to me they didn't want to spend the money again. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure how much of, you know, necessarily how Qualcomm's benchmarks against, say, what Google does or what Samsung does on their own. Um or how much Samsung and Google are doing. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's it's so it's such a black box. We can't really we can't really look into it too deeply. I wouldn't be surprised if Motorola does avail themselves of some of those I, services. I would like to think they do. Um, the, but I think the, the the key takeaway, and it's funny that you brought up the OnePlus 5 just as I was thinking of my next question to you, which was, now that we've seen these two phones, now you're going to say we should probably use them both a little bit longer, and I agree with you. We'll review them, right? You'll be reviewing it, I presume. Um how, why would you buy this over OnePlus 5? Oh, I honestly can't think of a reason aside from CDMA carrier compatibility. That's pretty And aside it. from the rugged screen and the mods. I guess the mods have never been a selling point for me. And right. the rugged screen is, I, I'm very much of the opinion that the drawbacks are just too much to bear, especially now that this year I'm hearing that you cannot replace the plastic lens on yeah, the Yeah, because uh, it's fused because they wanted to make it thinner. And also, there used to be a gap. So here's my take on this. I'm I'm feeling we kind of agree. It's, it's I don't want to knock this phone because I've been such a fan of the Z2 Play. Really, I still think the Z2 Play is one of my favorite mid rangers this year. Um, I have an issue with the Force based on last year's experience, where I, you know, again I took it to Burning Man, and there's a lot of fine dust there, and it's slightly abrasive, and that screen is not visibly scratched if you just look at it. But if you look at it in the light at the right angle, holy crap, that screen is scratched up. And I didn't drop it. It's just fine micro scratches because it's plastic, right? It's not glass. Is that the thing? 
I, I think so. I mean, mine is already, I mean, I posted a picture on Twitter this morning. It's bad. Uh, I've got some pretty deep, long gouges um, in the screen right now. And that's just from having it in my pocket. And, you know, when I pull it out, it like hits the the rivets on my jeans sometimes. And so oh, yeah. it's just like, and, and that will even scratch a glass phone if you work Dude, at it. I just, so I just followed, I just went to your Twitter. Oh my God, that's worse than me. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, Andrew Martinique posted some too. I think we're going to be seeing lots of photos of scratched up C2 forces in the next This seems week or worse so. than last year, to be honest with you, because I minus It does. Mine have fine micro scratches, nothing else. Yeah, I have little I have little dimples and pock marks on my force from last year. Not not big long gouges. And the other thing I noticed about the gouges is they very much seem to distort the shape of the plastic cover on the screen. So you get little warping. I already have warping occurs. like right out of the box. If I look at that glass or whatever, that surface, it is not flat. Yeah, and I think that's, yep, that's plastic. The other thing we've noticed, and, and Ryan and I, who both have the phone, have noticed is that um, if you press down, especially near the bottom of the display, and with a little bit of force, you can hear what sounds like the adhesive the sticking, the, the adhesive, you know, coming loose and tightening again. Oh, no, um, I have to try that. And so you can actually, I can hear it most on the fingerprint scanner. I can hear clicking for sure where something is not quite fully attached. Now these, this phone doesn't come out till August 10th. So maybe right. there's some refinements. Maybe there's pre-production. I don't know. I mean, I, I noticed the only other phone I ever noticed these kind of weird wavy imperfections on the display uh, was the, the LG G5 last year that had that kind of like weird rounded off top. Yeah. And that was never perfect around the earpiece. Yeah. I do remember that. But yeah, that wasn't was plastic. Strange. That was actually glass. It was just malformed glass, I guess. Yeah. I think that was just some kind of strange side effect of the manufacturing process. But look, the, f the fact that the display is shatterproof, I think for some people is going to be a major, major bonus. I, I, I do, you know, I don't read out my phones that often. I don't think I need that. I could have done without and have like one millimeter thicker battery in there because of it. That would have been my compromise, but hey, I guess we don't call the shots in the marketing department over there, right? Uh, definitely not. I mean, <laughs> at the same time, I'm also just like, if 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 that if the screen's shattering is such a concern to you, I mean, there are only you know a million case options out there that can protect you pretty well. I know not everybody wants to use a case, but if that's something that's you know very important to you, you can, it's it's something that can be reasonably guarded against. I'm not saying there shouldn't be a market for a shatterproof phone, but I think you give up a lot in terms of other durability to, to get that. Yeah, I think I think you're making a good point. I think that um, it's it's to me it's it's a gimmick in a way. It's like a gimmick that unfortunately takes away from one of the sig most significant part of what this phone is about, or should be about as a flagship, as the sole and lone flagship for for Motors this year, which is um, battery life and perfection in terms of fit and finish and, and build quality which i think we're missing out on because of this choice of a of a multi-layer a plastic um shock proof whatever um crack proof display you know yeah i, I it's definitely a compromised decision and i think it's one that's I, I just don't see it resonating with uh with regular consumers as much i mean if i was to walk into a carrier store you know sight unseen and Somebody showed me this phone and said, well, this is the, the newest high-end phone from Motorola. You know, they show you the mods. And I would guess that the chance that the rep ever mentions that the display is plastic is zero, um, if they even know that. Um, they will mention, obviously, that the screen can't break. 
but it would not take you long at all to understand why it can't break. Um, I think the average person would very quickly notice the scratches building up and probably be pretty unhappy with that too. Right. Um, so let's talk about the good things though. It is thinner, which I personally like. I felt that the force was a bit bulky last year. Now, of course, it comes to the cost of battery life and all the things we discussed. I mean, 2730 milliamp hour, that sounds like a flagship from three years ago. Yeah, it's not enough. I mean, I can. I, they make arguments about why making it thinner is better. I don't believe the arguments at all. I mean, it is, it is a Snapdragon 835, so it is a very power-efficient chip, so there's a potential that I actually think it's going to be an all-day phone for most people. But I'm just bummed that Moto has this, you know, tradition of making these super long-lasting, you know, thicker phones, and they kind of dropped this this year completely. And and I think you're right. A lot of it is about you know boosting the mod ecosystem and boosting the carrier's pockets at the same time, right? So, but Snapdragon 835 means we're gonna get a speedy phone. How, what's been your experience with the phone so far in terms of like? usability, experience, software, and all that stuff. Performance seems very good. I mean, and I, we came to expect that, I think, with the Z last year with Moto. They did such a good job optimizing for the Snapdragon 820 and the Z and Z Force. Those phones were very, very fast. The, the Z2 Force feels very, very fast. Um, I'm sure that the battery life for a phone with this battery capacity will probably be decent. I, I love the AMOLED display. I like that Motorola sticks with those um, in spite of the... They're beautiful. The, yeah in spite of the alleged uh, supply issues. And yeah, the, the performance overall seems very good. The fingerprint scanner reads pretty snappily. Um, the Moto Active Display, waving your hand over the screen to check notifications, still love that. Uh, you get the dual flash for the front-facing camera, which I think a lot of people probably appreciate. Yeah, I think um, that's a cool little feature, and Moto's been doing it for a while now, but this is this time it's a dual, like the Z2 Play. Uh, personally, I have no need for it, but I do appreciate it. I'm a little bummed out that the camera's only 5 megapixel on the front, though, for a flagship today. That seems a little... Yeah, low. that's definitely on the low side, and I'm curious why they made that decision. I guess they figure with the flash, you're, you're probably not going to have to deal with noise as much if you're able to use that, but... Yeah, that's that's a bit questionable. Uh, I mean, yeah. eight is kind of the norm, you know. Some do more and better, but and it's selfie cam. I'm not too worried about it, but still, yeah, yeah. And overall, you know, the, the software experience is still what we've come to expect from Motorola. Aside from the bloatware on the carrier versions, which most of uh, which can be disabled, I've already gone through this AT and T one, and the only so you thing, have an AT and T one. I have a T Mobile one. I have yeah, a interesting. Gray one, I think actually. Yeah, they is seem to spend out quite a spread. Um, I don't know. Mine is They've, black. They have a custom gray color for T-Mobile. I read that somewhere. Hmm. It just looks like the gray from the Z last year, but uh, it's um, it's definitely not as dark black as the photos I've seen some of you guys take, and definitely not that that beautiful white and gold, which I have on my last year's Z Play, which I really love that color combo. Yeah, I like I like the I like that uh, the color on the uh, but I got a black one. So I think the black looks okay. I think that design wise, the camera module is such an eyesore. But it's that's that's because of mods, so it's hard to pick too much of a bone with that. I, you know, I kind of like that. I I I always use the uh, the little wooden um, what's it called? Um, you know, style cover. Style cover on my Z's. The, the there was this I have this prototype style cover that never came out. That's a light, like a, a light wood, like a, a bamboo maybe or something that looks like it could be bamboo. 
Um, and I, I've used that on all the Zs I've, I've played with, and it's on the Z2 Force now. But um, I cannot conceive of using a Moto Z without covering those contacts in the back. Uh, the, also, it's too sharp, you know, like it feels it wrong in hand. So I use the style cover no matter what. So I always add a bit of thickness to the phone anyway, which is kind of why I think the Z Force last year felt really bulky to me because once you add the style cover on it, it does become thick. Whereas this is a good, this feels good in hand. The build quality is superb though. I have to say I'm really impressed with the build quality. It does seem pretty nice, definitely. Um, I would Other say it definitely seems display, better than the play. The display uh, adhesive thing you mentioned, I haven't experienced that, but um could just be because it's a maybe pre-production or it's still drying. You know, that's the problem with these adhesives, right? Yeah. We get these phones, they were probably made three days ago, like over the weekend in some China China factory. Oh yeah, they were, they were, I could, they were bringing in the FedEx boxes to the event as we were getting ready to go in. So these, there you are, go. these are hot off the line, I'm sure. So that's why maybe we're feeling that. But the, the cons you know, back to the display briefly, I think the, the thing I noticed that compared to last year's Z4. So last year, if you compared the Z and the Z4 side by side, the Z looked so much better, the display, because you didn't have all this layer of plastic and, and glass for the yeah. protection, for the shockproofing. And it was the contrast was better, the colors were brighter. Um, but I feel that this year's Z4, Z2 Force, um, you know, they mitigated some of these issues because it's not as good as the Z, but better than last year's Z Force. So it, to me anyway, I don't know if you notice any difference there. I agree. It does look more vivid. Maybe that sounds some tuning and maybe down to like we, we were talking about the fused plastic now. Um, the fuse, yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's helping. But of course, it's um, Daydream compatible, except for all the scratches that are going to really be noticeable with a VR headset. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, that's well, you know, I don't know how many people care about Daydream anyway, so it's Nobody okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I mean, look, we have to be the ones to call out these things right that's our yeah. job so um yeah but i look I, the things i like are the design i still like the design especially when you put a style cover they feel nice in hand uh, i like the materials and build quality other than the, the plastic front if it's actually plastic i don't know feels like plastic um i like the chamfered edge around it uh, the z2 play has that as well i think it's a u kind of a gives it a bit of a, a unique vibe that feels a little more refined maybe maybe it's just you know I'm biased here because traditionally phones with um, chamfered edges that are polished look a little classier. I don't know. Uh, but it's something unique for sure. Um, and then uh, performance, I agree, is pretty top-notch. But anything with a Snapdragon 835 these days is pretty pretty baller experience-wise, right? So, hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, like I said, the, the, if, you, if you are interested in this phone, I think the things that are going to sell you are probably the clean software experience, um, if you're into the mods, then obviously that's the big selling point, the shatterproof display. And now that this is first, this is Moto's first four carrier phone in a long time. So that's, that's obviously another thing. That's going to be a big deal. Yeah. You can buy this phone anywhere, including a uh, U.S. cellular in addition to the regular big four. So it's not nothing. And, you know, I'm sure Motorola is very proud of that accomplishment in terms of retail availability. And I guess we'll see how, how regular people respond to this phone um, versus critical response, which so far has been, as far as I can tell, overwhelmingly negative. Really? I, I've just been more cautious, and I would say it's been mixed. But you're right. As you enumerate the, the things, all the things that we just discussed, it seems more on the negative side than the positive side. I'm trying really hard to think of positives. If this thing had had OIS and a headphone jack, honestly... I'd look past the, the the display 
um, the scratchability. I'd look past the um, the battery almost. Oh, almost, I can't look maybe. past the battery. That's just too much. <laughs> but, well, simply because there's mods, right? If there wasn't mods, it'd be a tough pill to swallow because you know you'd have to cord dangling with some USB based charger, right? That that would be ugly and annoying. But at least you know you're as much as I'm cynical like you about the fact that they're the carriers are making money selling battery packs there is the option of making a phone slightly thicker and still feel nice in hand and have more battery life that's fully integrated right that's i think one of the things about the mods we, that is cool right i mean yeah I, I agree i mean the other thing too that i kind of brought up in something i wrote today was the other thing about these battery mods is the way motorola has done it in an ideal universe, they would be able to do some kind of full power pass-through where the phone is actually powered by the mod. That's obviously complicated, but right. it's not how it works. The mod just charges the internal battery, which is inherently very inefficient. I mean, you're talking probably 60-70% efficiency, maybe, um, and that depends on heat and uh, what charge level the phone's internal battery is at, too, because obviously as a lithium battery gets fuller, it becomes less efficient to charge. So I, I think that, you know, like saying, you know, you have this turbo power mod that adds 3,500 milliamp hours of capacity. It's not really true. You're, you're adding far less than that because you're, yeah. you're losing a lot of power to the transfer process. So again, so if you add 700 milliamp hours of internal capacity, that may not be as much as what the 3,500 milliamp hour mod provides, obviously, but it comes at much less of a space cost and the discrepancy isn't quite as big as the numbers would lead you to believe. That's a very, you make a very good point. By the way, I'm looking at your article. You guys should go read it. It's on obviously on Android Police. That's where David writes. It's called Opinion. Motorola Z phones are quickly becoming little more than mod money grabs. And uh, I'm not reading it because I'm talking to you, but that's the article that you were referring to. I just want to make yes, sure you get yes. credit Thanks for where the shout credit out there. is due. You deserve it. Uh, you've already written a story uh, and you just barely got back from New York. I mean, kudos to that. Maybe you've wrote it when you were flying though i did i was i wrote it at the airport last night um, <laughs> nice um so look we talk about the phone at length there's another thing we all got given yesterday which i'm a little more excited about um and it's the moto 360 camera mod did you have one did you i do one? have one um i what do you think? i foresee that i won't even test it um, oh. 360 cameras. I mean, don't get me wrong. The technology is very interesting. I think that there's some some interesting content opportunities out there for for certain certain applications. But I have yet to see anybody make the good case for mainstream consumers being interested in these tools. They're they're very good specialist tools. Don't get me wrong, especially for extreme sports um, and just capturing you know these kind of these interesting experiences. But I think consumers are going to be more interested in the consumption of content than creating their own 360 degree videos. And so it's hard for me to understand like why this is something that should be sold, if, you know, like in a carrier store and why any, any normal person should all be all that interested in it, especially when it's $300. Yeah. So that's the biggest problem I've had with the mods personally. I think, you know, obviously for me, it's been a free, a free for all, right? I just, I got all the mods and I didn't pay for them. Well, great. I get to play with cool mods, whatever. But the reality is people have to shell some pretty big, you know, amount of money for these, right? And uh, 300 for this device that seems like a completely dumb device. I think a lot of it is done in the software in the, in the phone, right? Yeah. Um, seems a little high to me. Um, I would say 200 might be better, although that's still high. 
And you're right. I mean, it's a gimmick at this point. Like, you know, who, you know, who, who, I don't know, who would use this? Um, I guess suppose you said there's a use case for families and vacation that want to have a gimmicky picture to put on Facebook. I mean, Facebook supports these, these 360 photos, right? And then, um, and videos. And so of course there's action sports people. The reason I'm excited, frankly, is kind of selfish. It's because of all of the connections I have and reviews that I do, nobody's ever given me a 360 camera before. I never got the Samsung. I never got the LG. I've never gotten any of them. So, you know, I see a lot of people posting photos uh, from their 360 cams. And I'm like, I want one, but I don't want to spend money on it. And I'm too lazy to reach out to PR to specifically get a device. So this just arrived in the mail. So I'm going to play with it. I'm going to, it's going to justify me taking the Moto Z out and about and doing some cool stuff with it. The Z2 Force, I mean. And I'm going to try it on the Z2 Play because supposedly it works on all of them. Eventually it will, at least right now it doesn't. I think it requires some some firmware yeah. updates or something. Motorola said there needs to be a firmware update before it'll work with anything else, yeah. So, I mean, I've tried out the uh, the Gear 360, um, and I, I, I like I said, I can appreciate the, the technical aspect. Samsung especially, I think, put in a lot of work in making their stitching, um, you know, very clean. And I love the, the industrial design of the original um, Gear 360. I felt it was so cool that the little kind of alien eyeball yeah, like kind the of thing going on. Built into yes, it. it was so cool. It was as just something to like hold and play with a little bit. It was it was super cool. Like I'd love to just have one sitting on my desk um, doing nothing. But as a 360 degree camera, well, I, it was just hard for me to find the use cases. Granted, I know that I'm probably nowhere near the average 360 degree camera you know target market. I just think that Action cameras have this this kind of market pretty well cornered for now. The consumption audience for 360-degree content isn't quite there yet. I think that I think that this is a case of the technology is readily available to manufacturers right now because really all you need is two wide-angle cameras and a decent stitching algorithm, and off you go. Um, yeah. And so they're they're eager to put this out there, even if there's not necessarily a big big market. Um, or even really a kind of good understanding of how people are going to use this stuff in a way that where they're going to create compelling content of their own, that they're going to want to keep capturing that. Yeah, I think um, I'm just basically I just I just want to dick around with it. Well, that's that's yeah, exactly. It. I think that's most people too. I mean, I when I got the LG 360 cam, which is the first one I tried out, um, I wouldn't mess around with it. I took it to to a Cars and Coffee. You know, I did, uh, I actually bought a little, like, stupid little, uh, you know, suction cup mount for my car, and I put it on the, uh, the roof line, to, like, take oh, 360 cool. video while driving, um, <laughs> which without OIS is not so great, but, um, <laughs> you know. And it, it won't be possible for this thing, obviously, it's just attached to your phone. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, it definitely has its novelties, and I, I think it's something to just kind of mess around and try with. Yeah, it's fun. Beyond that, I, I, I have a harder time, uh, you know, there's, nothing ever brought me back those cameras yeah no i think to me it's a gimmick and that's why it's kind of hard to justify the 300 hundred dollar price eventually maybe it won't become a gimmick be a gimmick anymore but in terms of the moto mod ecosystem to me you know like they're all a little pricey um some of them very pricey and other than the battery packs which i think are, are pretty much a clear case the the speaker for some people i've used my jbl the old and the new ones i have uh and it sounds good and you know the sure it it's it's easy to set up because you just plop in the back and it just works. Um, but 
I would rather have a more universal Bluetooth speaker I can use with multiple devices. Then again, I do have multiple devices. A lot of people don't, right? So maybe there is a case for a mod that's a speaker that you occasionally use. But then as Michael Fisher always says, you have to carry like this entire little universe of mods yeah. with you everywhere you go. So um, as for the Hasselblad camera... You know, I can't even believe they put their name on that oh, thing. Oh, God, I it's mean, garbage. It it's, really look, is. It's, it's just a Chinese point-and-shoot, um, uh, you know, engine, right? Slapped in a mod, and it does the job. I mean, it's bigger sensor. It has optical zoom times 10, but the quality is not there. And frankly, you know, I'd rather have uh, a Galaxy S8 or a Pixel XL or some phone that has a really good native camera to use then slap that thing on there because you don't really get too many benefits and the price is again ridiculous for what it is so i think there's a potential for a mod like the hasselblad to really be top notch if sony made one with their sensors like the like an rx100 equivalent then i'd be like yeah i'm into that well i mean sony tried right with the um... they did they did yeah but i'm saying like the mod the fact that it's a mod and it's magnetic and it kind of bounce the way it does is so much better than what Sony did with those yeah, um, remote lens controllable yeah. lens cameras. Um, so that's a, to me, you know, somebody needs to do this. Somebody needs to do a mod that shows that the Hasselblad mod idea was a good one um, and actually execute and bring something to the table that makes you want to, you know, for some, for something, spend the money and take it with you. Yeah, and I think most of that ends up coming down to just cost justification, and I'm sure the Hasselblad mod was justified on the basis of, hey, we've got this cheap Chinese zoom camera reference design, um, let's just stick it in this this custom you know body, and we're off the races. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, if we actually sit down and say, okay, let's design something from the ground up, you know, pick our sensor, pick our lens system, you know, decide, you know, what the imaging performance should be like, you know, figure out a deep way to integrate with the camera's ISP. Well, that starts costing a lot of money. And yeah, I mean, you're at that never going to make it back off, in sales. At that point, you're better off buying an X100 standalone camera and sticking it in your other pocket, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the just same so thing hard as the to justify. Yeah, it's the Bluetooth speaker versus JBL speaker. And I hate to have to be so negative about the mods because I like the idea. I think if anybody has successfully shown what a modular phone can be and do, it's Moto with the Z. But I think it speaks to the fact that modular phones are flawed to start with. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's just, you know, I like I like I like you said, I can appreciate the technical accomplishment and oh, just yeah. kind of the the kind of imagination it takes to, to to do something like this. And the fact that Motorola did make a pretty big bet um in terms of locking themselves into a phone design based on this concept. It just seems to have unfortunately panned out and I think the way most people predicted it would, in that, well, there aren't gonna be enough mods. The ones that are out are gonna be too expensive or not that useful. And most people probably won't use mods at all because they aren't the sort of thing that you're going to use all the time. And so then it becomes difficult to justify the existence of the modular system in the first place. And that's kind of how I feel. I mean, you know, it's kind of a, you know, a nerd, a nerd's, um, you know, wet dream in a way to have a modular phone. You know, technically it'd be, it's kind of a very cool concept, but as we've seen from ARA going south and, from you know this being much simpler concept of modularity still having its issues i think the whole concept of modular phone at least in our current market where we don't really make an effort to recycle and an effort to 
reuse, it's, it's just not viable. I think that's a very good point in terms of just the life cycle of phones. Like, why would I be so concerned about modular accessories if I'm just going to get a new phone every year and a half, two years anyway? It doesn't doesn't seem to matter very much. I, my, my so phones haven't suddenly had their useful lifespans greatly extended. Mods are certainly not doing that at all to the Motorola phones. They're not adding to the effective lifetime of the phone, which really should be the goal of modularity is to make your phone use more useful longer. And once we can do that, then yeah, I agree. There's definitely more of a use case for, for modularity. But as is, we're not getting any of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings about the whole thing. I I just want, I also want mods that are like, I, I'm not seeing the mods that are really unique. Like right now, um, you know, I, I've emailed you about it and others. Uh, one of my clients is working on a uh, hardware keyboard mod, like a, a slide out keyboard that's tilting and sliding. They're making good progress. It's coming along really well. I, it's of course going a lot slower than I expected, than even I expected when I already tripled the time it would take. So uh, I'll be in touch about that with you. Um, when it's ready and you in general, the tech journalists, but that to me is an interesting use case because there's a lot of people work in IT and, and other fields where they need to have a command shell on their phones basically. And they want something portable and, and they don't want to pull out an iPad. And so um, I think that's a good case, a good use case of mods, but I kind of feel like we haven't really seen a lot of interesting mods yet. Um, and cheap ones. I want to see $10 mods, you know, like, Oh yeah. If only that'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you go to 7-Eleven and you're like, eh, I want some LEDs on the back of my phone that blink at a strange rhythm when, uh, when I play music and, and play on Google play music and ah, look, there's like this cheap Chinese thing you can stick in the back and as like, it looks like a disco dance floor, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I uh, think somebody, there, there could be a lot of fun aesthetic stuff you could definitely do with the, just the power interface. Yeah. And I mean, like fun stuff like that, if it was cheap and disposable, almost like you buy, you know, a $10 iPhone case, right? That's like generic. That I think has, would have some potential. Um, the uh, customization of your phone just uh, on the whim for aesthetic purposes is, is definitely a, a thing. Uh, battery packs could be a lot cheaper, so I hope they come down in price. But again, it's not going to happen because there's not volume. You know, we don't have enough of these Moto Zs and enough demand for the product, right? Um, they, they promised us um, um, a wireless adapter, right, at some point. Um, we have yet to see that. And yeah. that would be cool because, again, again the market size is... is five people, you, me, and three other tech journalists that like wireless charging. Hope, assuming you do, I don't know. Um, I'm, you, I'm ambivalent. Um, ambivalent. <laughs> it's, okay. it's fine. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not some, it's not a thing that people make or break a phone for people, right? So as a mod, I don't think it will have that much traction. Now, to me, what doesn't make sense is that that new power pack or turbo power pack or whatever, the one we got with Z2 Play, mm -hmm. um, why didn't they put the wireless... Uh, loop in that thing yeah i don't know um to me that's that's how you want to do it you want it to be a, a twofer right like a battery pack and and a wireless charging yeah exactly I, I i do i do like most of the changes they did make to it um it's really easy to hold on to it's very grippy it's nice they it's really added nice. the charge indicator lights which were just yeah. that was the thing i was dying for on last year's like how much battery is left in the mod if i don't have it on do i need to charge it before i go and you'd mm -hmm. have to slap it on and then look and then, yeah, I was just kind and of, then, a, and then you're angry. Yeah. It's just a different, it's, it's <laughs> too much of an ordeal. 
And yep. I mean, obviously, it's great that it charges the phone faster, too. Um, I used it uh, for like two full days with the uh, the Z2 Play. Granted, it did not make it the tool for two full days, but um, I was definitely putting it through its paces. I, I think the changes there were good, though. But, you know, obviously it costs more money now. So, yeah, I want to see, you know, I don't know. I want to I see more, more kind of clever things that, that are kind of out there and not, not, you know, not normal. And that would, that would be, that would be fun. But I don't think that's going to happen because there's no, you know, there's no critical mass for it. And that's the problem, right? Yeah. So, I mean, at the, on the plus side, Moto's trying. They had a hackathon or more than one, I think. They had, you know, they've had a contest where uh, people compete in making, designing or proposing mods. And, and so, you know, yeah, uh, look, I really hope they don't give up on this. At the same time, you need to be able to compete with the flagships that are already out there and well-established. So that means you need a headphone jack. That means you need OIS on your camera. That means you need a bigger battery. That means you need a screen that doesn't scratch. And, and like if you'd made a Moto Z Force or Z whatever, Z2 that was like that, then we could have said, okay, this modularity is a value add. But you, you can't even compete with the rest of the, the big players right now with this phone. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point in that it's very hard to even, even, if, even if the mods didn't exist, to you know, really understand what Motorola's you know kind of kind of pitches here. I mean, compared to the S8 and S8 Plus, it's like, well, I don't don't see a reason why you. And want wait till this. you see the new iPhone. I mean, for the first time in ever, I'm excited to see what this 10th anniversary iPhone Pro, iPhone 8 is going to be because finally we might see something from Apple that feels like it's competitive because the last three years have been mediocre at best in terms of specs and features you know yes it's a great experience a lot of people love ios for that and i respect that even though it's not my 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 thing but you know i want to see a powerhouse of a technological tour de force from apple because they can pull it off they have the resources and so far the only ones to come close have been samsung with the galaxy s8 right? i i agree definitely in terms i mean of just... look at the tech in the galaxy s8 it's just like every freaking checkbox is there it's just the freaking masterpiece of technology it is samsung's engineering is is unrivaled really it's so it I really mean, is just you just look at it and you're like wow it's wow. it's impressive to me that this could be built and um, that is why i want i am i'm very very gung-ho about what apple will do i have a feeling that they're going to blow us away even though we don't care because we don't know use ios well, i mean i'm hopeful they blow us away too i mean if it's that interesting i might buy one just to just to compare i will the probably experience. put the money down on one no matter what at this yeah. point because yeah. you know i have good relationships with apple pr but usually i'm not enough of a player in the media space that they give me phones anymore they used to when i was at engadget obviously but um but i'm gonna i think i'm just gonna buy one i think also it's the 10th anniversary it's gonna be you know it's gonna be one to have for the for the kind of for the the archives as it were um, every now and then I buy a phone that I keep just because I feel it's kind of like a turning point, you know, oh, Galaxy yeah. S8 is, 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 is the thing about the Galaxy S8 is it, it is like that. Is it in a way, a many, in many ways, kind of like the, the best technology we can put in a phone today. And it really checks all the boxes, but I know that they're about to do that again with the Note 8, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, I don't know. That, you know, it's it's on the topic list, so I'm just segueing accidentally. But at the same time, maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Like the note, it's now we know it's it's going to be announced on August 23rd, right? Are you going to go to that? 
Um, I, I, I will not be at Unpacked. Um, Ooh. Yeah, we don't we don't typically go, so uh, it's a bit of a bit of a trek for us. Uh, so yeah. we'll 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 definitely be covering the Note Eight launch extensively. Sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the Note. 8. I'm not I'm not a big like you know S Pen person. That's not what it's about. It's just that the Note is always traditionally kind of like one up to the 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 S series phone for that year with some feature that didn't make it. You know, and so for me, it's a dual camera. I want to see what they do with dual camera. I, I can't wait to see what Samsung is going to do with a dual camera system. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to go with dual processing or if they're going to go with portrait and, you know, wider angle. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as well to see what they do. Or, or narrow angle, like telephoto, like the OnePlus and the iPhone. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that for sure. So that's August 23rd, folks, and I'm, I'm super stoked about to see what will happen with that. And then... Um, what is your what are your thoughts on the Nokia eight? That's announced to be shown on August sixteenth. Uh, it doesn't matter for America, so I don't care. Just, you don't think we're gonna get it? I'm sure we might. Um, but given you know how like half the launch it was for their other phone here, I don't expect. Yeah, you know, anything. I've been in touch with their PR agency. They now have a U.S. one because yeah. until now I was talking to their European folks. And I said, do you have any Nokia 6 review units? And they're like, no. And I'm like, I replied, I said, well, you mean no in general or you're out of them? And they never replied to me. And I'm like, guys, do you, do you even care? No, like, I've, heard a, I've heard a lot of outlets just ended up buying theirs <laughs> because it was easier. What, what is up with that? No, like, this is just not a good PR you know, agency. And honestly- Not only that, but I, th I think they don't care. They don't care about the US market. Is there a Chinese company? Yeah, like they can say, you know? we launched in America. By the way, our phone like doesn't even work with all the right bands or whatever, yeah. but you can and, buy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's it's interesting to me because, you know, like I started my my- journalism tech journalism as a hobby reviewing nokia phones in the mid 2000s and that's how i became a pro eventually left my video game development job and became a tech journalist full-time at engadget which then led me on to doing you know stuff like pebble and all this uh startup advising that i do uh, as a consultant now and and i'm i'm fond of nokia like regardless of the fact that it's obviously not the same nokia and that they've changed you know hands and there's hoping the whole microsoft thing and I'm kind of excited. I, I, you know, yeah, bring me another, um, you know, Android flagship that runs a very uh, stock version of Android that has a, is an alternative to, you know, the Pixels and the the Motos and the uh, and the OnePluses that are also running pretty pure versions of Android. I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to have another one to try out, you know. Um, especially in this case, because imaging-wise, they have Zeiss on their side. So, you know, I hate a lot of people don't know this, David, but the the Lumia 950 and 950 XL, which are now two and a half years old and are completely irrelevant in terms of market share and even uh, as phones when they launched, in terms of imaging, are still some of the probably the best camera phones today. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what comes of the Zeiss partnership um, in in terms of you know what that means for imaging um, processing and if optics really enter into it. I feel yeah, like those we'll kind see. of partnerships take a little longer to develop, just like Huawei and Leica. You know, when it they took announced. a while, but they're getting there, right? Yeah, hopefully. Um, so with Nokia, I just think the the kind of lack of commitment to the U.S. makes it hard for me right now to take to get them seriously. Excited. Maybe the Nokia Eight will see them put a stronger focus on the U.S., but at the same time, I feel like if you can't, especially if you can't push put yourself um, compatible with CDMA carriers in the United States, it's 
it's getting a little harder to take you seriously. I've, I've had that same problem with the one plus five where it's like, well, it's clear that, you know, you guys are starting to struggle because of this. When when Motorola can release a $99 budget phone that works on all four carriers. Oh, my God. The Moto you know? E4. What an amazing piece of hardware. For it is, money. which is so funny. You, know, you talk down on Motorola for the Z2 Force, but it's like the E and the G, they're doing such a good job. And the Z2 Play. I mean, seriously, I'm gung-ho about the Z2 Play. I mean, what is your take on that phone? I, it's To me, it's it's very whatever. I think it's overpriced for what it is. I think the chip's too old. I think it's a piece of hardware. It's nice. I think the cameras are okay. I think the cameras are probably a big a bit of a letdown considering it's well because the it's system. it's the Moto G five plus camera essentially exactly. So it's you know it's not a bad camera. It's just well if you're paying that much of a markup, <laughs> I expect a little more, and that's kind of why you know. We but it's talk- half the price of the Z24. So if you want the mods, isn't this the phone to go for? I think so. But I think for a lot of people, they probably don't want the mods, which we talked right. about on, in, on the AP <laughs> podcast. It's like, hey, why would you buy the Z2 Play if you don't care about the mods? The G5 Plus 64 gig is such a good deal. And All you're right. getting basically I- the same performance. Um, Look, I-, I agree with you, but let's me- let me make a case for the Z2 Play. Okay. Because I love it. And I- here I'll tell you why. You get... 90% of the flagship Z2 Force experience, in some cases, a better experience, bigger battery, slightly. Um, you get a headphone jack with amazing audio performance. And you get the beautiful design, like metal, glass, like just top-notch. You get a beautiful OLED panel, all of that stuff, for half the price of the Moto Z2 Force. It's half the price. It's kind of like the, the OnePlus phones, right? You're going to say the OnePlus have flagship specs too, like in terms of processor, but you're right that 626 is eh, but it's still a pretty solid platform and and if you want the mods, if you want a beautiful phone, you want something a little unique, the Z2 Play brings that down to that price point. Yeah, you're right, the the G5 Plus from Moto is a better deal, right? But the display isn't quite as nice. It's not, I agree. And, and but yeah, you're right. You're getting most... But honestly, to me, the E4 is where it's at. If you're going to get start getting on the cheap bandwagon and on the like value bandwagon, this is not about value. This is about... Uh, to me, the Z2 Play and to some extent, the G5 Plus are like... You know, they're mid-rangers and they play at the opposite ends of mid-range and, and they bring kind of flagship-ish beauty or if you want to a mid-range level the e2 doesn't have any of that pretense the e2 is a plastic phone with a removable battery cover it's just purely uh what's it called like purely like just a practical phone and 70 bucks for what you get is unreal it's as good as the g3 was just last year or two years ago two years ago yeah it's incredible what they've achieved with that little phone i mean it's you know I think that's also part of Motorola's concern anymore is like, we don't want to undercut ourselves too bad. <laughs> um, you know, I, I definitely think that's, that's something they should probably consider, but I don't know. I just feel like if you don't care about the mods, the G5 plus is, is such a good deal. It's the one to go. Yeah, and sure. I understand, don't get me wrong the industrial design on the Z2 play and everything, it makes it feel more special. Sure, yeah, exactly. Without a doubt. And if you don't have 800 bucks, honestly, there's even a case to be said that why would you even bother buying the Z2 Force when the Z2 Play exists? To me, the Z2 Play is the enemy of the Z2 Force. Yeah, I, w- I would say Because in day-to-day so. life, most people don't care about the performance of the Snapdragon, but they care about things like the headphone jack. Yeah. They don't care about the dual camera, but they care about things like battery life. So the Z2 Play is a winner. Yeah, I think um, so. I think it's the, what will make the Z2 Force win probably on raw sales, though. 
fact you can buy carriers. from carriers you know you have yeah. if you want to buy yeah. the z2 play from moto they don't sell the 32 gigabyte version they only sell the 64 which is 500 bucks Oh, so that's a good point. You know, yeah. <laughs> I was you know, we were, they, they thought about this clearly. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, and don't get me wrong, if you go, if you're on Verizon, the Z2 Play, you can get a crazy deal on it. Um right. they're basically giving it away. I think they're give, they're selling it for the equivalent of like $240 over 24 oh, months my. or something. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so um, not not a bad proposition at all. So let's talk about a few more phones that I have listed here in our in our in the show notes. Um that I want to hear from you about. Uh, we've talked about the Z2 Play, we've talked about the E4, we've talked about the OnePlus 5, we've talked about Galaxy S8. U11, briefly touched on it. Um, what are your thoughts on the U11? It's too damn slippery. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I love the camera. I think the camera's great. I oh think the battery God, the life's camera, good. You're right. I think that it HTC's lack of you know, a good supply chain around display panel is really starting to show. Right. Um, the light leakage along the bottom of the panel drives me nuts. It just makes it feel cheap. Um, that the and their, fingerprint um, attraction makes it feel cheap too. I pretty much it use does. it with the case. That yeah, came you would have to I use can't, it. I can't. Case. I can't. Yeah, it would drive me nuts too. I would say the other thing about it is the capacitive navigation keys feel very cheap phone. It I don't. Just, don't I don't like use them. I mean, well, I guess I have to, but I just, I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like that about it. And, you know, they're, they're just all those little things and HTC's kind of aesthetic modifications on Android. Like, it, functionally, it's very light, but the way it looks is just, it's getting a little stale. It just makes me, what I'm starting to get from HTC is shades of Sony, where it's like, <laughs> you know, clearly money is not going into certain things. Um, yeah, you know, attention totally. is, you know, we're in triage mode as far as smartphone development goes. And I it's can't. not that it's a bad phone or anything. It's just, I can't no. think of a great reason why I would tell somebody to go buy it. Other than the camera. Yes. The camera is great. Definitely. That's it. The camera is tops. Um, but honestly, the other thing is how, how do you, how can you persist with your no headphone jack? Like, are you insane? Uh, yeah. In, in your market position, it's like you shot yourself in the foot. Now you're limping around <laughs> with two limping feet because you shot yourself in the foot the year before with another phone in yeah. the other foot. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it, like, look, yeah, I understand you wanted the USonic thing to be a thing. So what? Include the USonic headphones in the box, the USB-C. Keep the headphone jack on the device. Those people who love the USonics and swear by them, there's many, will enjoy that USB-C experience. Those of us who have 20-year-old headphones like the Bear Dynamic DT990s that I'm wearing while I'm speaking to you right now, and that sounded absolutely out of this world on the HTC 10, will not be let down by this stupid, crazy $13 dongle. Yeah, HTC's decisions around that. It, it, I mean, I can understand some of it. I, I like that. What I what the one positive I will say about is the fact that they're bundling a set of headphones that, you know, they sell them for, I think, thirty dollars if you want another right. pair and they're worth it. They're yeah, they're, they're good. For 30 little, bucks are definitely decent. Exactly. And I just like that, you know, Samsung did it this year, too. Granted, they say their headphones are worth hundred dollars, which is no way that's true. But yes, um, yeah. I at the same time that raised the bar for sound quality on an included headphone and a smartphone, because that's all most people will ever use if there's a pair in the box. And so I like that the, the, the kind of the audio snob in me is like, yes, people are going to realize that, you know, $10 earbuds generally sound horrible. You know, if you just up your investment a little bit, you can get a much better experience. So I will applaud HCC for that. But yeah, getting rid of the headphone jack in general is, is not friendly. 
No. What about the key one? What are your thoughts on that one? Um, I never used the Beyond the Pre-Production model. Never had an interest. I never used keyboard phones back in the day. And honestly, I'm a, I'm a terrible person to ask about them because I will just, <laughs> I, I will hate on them endlessly on them. because I just don't see a point. It's a dinosaur. It's like asking me if, you know, like somebody came out with like a carbureted engine today. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter right. to me. It's irrelevant. Yeah. No, I hear you. But at the same time, I admire what they've managed to do. Like, I'm not that audience like you. I tried even to get back into it, and I found that I was talking with uh, about this with Jaime Rivera last week of, of Pocket Now on the podcast on the show. We talked about the key one, and he said, "You know, what would be great is if you could just tap the hardware keyboard, just like you tap your screen, instead of clicking." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, that would defeat the whole point, right? That would be like having a, a on-screen keyboard." Yes. It, and, 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 but that we're so used to not having to click on things anymore. That's our first, my first reflex when I pick up the key one is just to tap on that keyboard. Uh, just tap, not click. And, um, and so I can't get used to it. I just can't. I mean, but I love, I love the hardware. I love everything they're trying to do. I think of all the Blackberries, it's definitely the best one. It's an Android phone with all the awesomeness that comes with that. Um, if you like the hardware keyboard, go for it. If not, you're going to be frustrated. Don't go for it. That's basically the thing, right? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that's true. But I think overall it's a good phone. I mean, if you forget the hardware keyboard and you look at the specs, it's got all the boxes for mid-range, a little pricey maybe, but it's really well made. So, Yeah, for the audience that wants it, sure. I just, exactly. I just don't understand that audience. So, Well, you know, they exist. It's strange. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, there's a cool kid factor. I mean, when I was at I.O., all the cool kids had a key one, including myself. Now, I'm not a cool kid, but, you know, I pretend sometimes. And, you know, I mean, everyone had one. And they were like, look, we all have our key ones. And I'm like, yeah, you're trying to do the retro thing. I get it. Yeah, and then like two weeks you know, later, they like switched them out. For- I know, actually, a lot of them are still using them. Like Joshua Vergara is still using his. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who are using their BlackBerry key ones for some reason. It's kind of... It kind of blows my mind, actually. Uh, such a, as their primary a phones. Factor. Like, you know, I have a Pixel as my primary phone, and I'm already getting very annoyed with it because I can't wait for that Pixel 2. Oh, my God, those renders. Yeah, yeah. Are you I'm, excited? I, I, you, you must, you're like a Pixel guy. Like, you, Oh, yeah, I'm be. a Pixel fanboy, just to a fault. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are things about that phone that make me want to throw it sometimes. But um, Mine is in that state right now. Yeah, it's it's very much still, to me, the best Android experience you can get. And the camera is just, I, I still, every every once in a while, I'll take a picture of the camera and go, yep, that's wow. why I love yeah. this phone. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, and the battery life can be hit or miss. And the display is good, but the oleophobic but coding rub, like rubs off so easily and it gets so fingerprinty. The Bluetooth performance is terrible. Terrible. You know like, why that be- is? That's all HTC problems. I'm sure it is. All it's of those things. Bad antenna design. Um, almost certainly. The the back little glass window gets scratched up just horribly. The phone itself looks terrible. Like it is worn terribly. It's all this kind of stuff, like very much growing pains. But when I if I go to use something else for like a week. You know, if I go to like, a, I, I when I use the Z2 Play for like a week and a half and I came back to the Pixel, I just like, I almost breathe a uh, sigh of relief. I know. <laughs> it was like, oh, I agree. I'm back. But look, I'm excited about the what they're showing, right? They're showing um, um, two, two, two by one display, which to me is is the future. There's no doubt about it. Uh, edgeless displays and two one aspect ratios are the way to go. Uh, so I'm super stoked about that. It's going to be made by LG. I'm also super stoked about that, to be honest with you, because my favorite 
HTC phones other than the Nexus 6P were made by LG. The Nexus 5 is one of my all-time favorites. So the Nexus 5 was, I think, kind of a... Re Google really got their industrial design right with that phone. I know. And it was, yeah. it was iconic. It, it was instantly recognizable. It was definitely a good device. So I'm looking forward to this guy. Um, my issues... I have a question for you. Like, this is more selfish than anything else. Bear with us here, listeners. Um, my Pixel takes forever to start up. And I don't mean start up to get to the lock to the screen. But... If I turn it on and I let it and I like unlock it and I let it sit there, it takes at least two to five minutes for it to have any notifications show up and anything to actually start happening on the phone when it's turned off. Interesting. I mean, Doze can doze a little too much sometimes in, in my uh, in my experience where things just. But this is from start, like from cold start, right? It's been off for the night or something. I turn it on in the morning. I, you know, go past, the, get to the point oh, where yeah. they ask me for the pin. I type in the pin. And the phone just sits there doing absolutely nothing for five minutes before all of a sudden all the notification pop. I'm like, I want my notifications like right now. Like I've not when heard I turn of this. you on. No, that's, yeah, it's that's... a weird thing. And it's been doing it um for a while now. It didn't always do it quite as much, but now it's really gotten bad. You know, I'm also having a lot of lag on my Pixel. I don't know what's going on. I'm not having much. So here's the thing, you know, I'm, I'm very much in the kind of, you know, once once you've been in kind of the Android ecosystem deep for a while, you just start to learn that, well, once in a while, it's time to factory reset your phone. And yeah, so that's the habit work. I've gotten into um, is know. usually every six months, I'll do a factory reset just to get rid of little problems. And it usually works, but people shouldn't have to do that. And it's I, such a hassle because Google doesn't let you restore perfectly like iPhone, Apple does. Yeah, exactly. How can we not have this, David? Yeah. and I, I'm the biggest Android fan, and I cannot fathom why it is that on the exact same model phone, I'm not even asking between phones, but on the exact same model phone, why is it that I can't do a backup to the Google Cloud that's encrypted, has all my passwords and everything in it, and all my app settings, and it restores a factory image of the phone without uh, having to root it or anything. The thing is, we're getting like ever so closely, ever so slowly closer. And so the, the, the technologies are slowly, the services are slowly starting to kind of coalesce around that experience. But Google has been very lack, kind of lackadaisical in terms of how they approach this because everything's optional for developers. Like if you don't want to opt into app backup, you don't have to. And so a lot of developers choose not to because they're worried it might cause a bug and create a support ticket when somebody gets a new phone. Right. And so a lot of a lot of developers think opt out. That said, you know, with things like Smart Lock and then with Android O autofill, um, the autofill API should hopefully finally be the end of password woes on Android. I really hope um, once that's implemented, then when you get a new phone you will just have all your passwords because they're all associated with your Google account now and they'll oh, just autofill. That'd be awesome. It's kind of keychain on the Mac, yeah. Um, one last thing before we go because we're over time, but I want to hear your take on this really quickly. Like your one minute take on the G6. I love that phone. I think it's one of my favorite imaging experiences and I still think it's one of my favorite phones even though it's running an older processor today. I love the industrial design, how strongly made and bulletproof that thing is. Other than the software, which is, you know, is an issue with LG. What is your take on the G6? I like it. I think it's a good phone. I think LG has already shown, though, that, you know, it was probably a little too expensive. And so they, they had trouble competing against Samsung in that sense. I love the way it feels in hand. I think that the 2-1 aspect ratio display is great. Um, they got the size just right. 
The battery life seems a little hit or miss for me. I, on the cameras, I find it's divisive. I am not as much a fan because I don't find the images look natural enough. They look very processed to me. I know that Michael Fisher, for example, still loves the G6 and the G6 cameras and they, this wide angle one especially just like, you know, yeah. he loves the, he loves the post photos with there's that something phone. about that photo, that the camera that just, just speaks to me. Yeah. I agree. There's a lot of processing, but they look right. Those photos, they, they look very social media friendly. Um, and I think, you know, for a lot of people, they want that and that's cool. I can definitely understand why LG makes them look that way. And I, I don't hold it right. against them. It's just not my favorite. I think that overall though, you know, it's a good phone. The older chipset, you know, was kind of a letdown, but it doesn't yeah, seem to right. Especially with the, the G6 Plus. I would have really thought they'd put a 835 in there. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to wait for the uh, V30 for that. Uh, um, I'm really looking forward to the V30 because you know, one of the things I did not like about their bigger phones in the past, the large bezels and too big because of the secondary screen, right? So yep. hopefully with the two by one and the edgeless, it will get a little bit more compact. But more importantly, it was that it, you know, removable battery, all that stuff just felt so clunky. I want something that looks like the G6 and feels like the G6, this amazing industrial design and and is just bigger and better. And just I agree. Nails. That's what, that's what I'm absolutely hoping from the V30. I'm hoping what we're going to get. So hopefully that is what we get. And, you know, maybe, maybe some more interesting stuff on cameras. I, I would be a little disappointed if they just reused the same G6 array. Um, I think yeah, there's some it's a small my, it's it's a small pixels I have an issue with, and they've done amazingly well with them. Like their image processing is insane when you consider they're using 1.3 micron pixels. The photos in low light on the G6 for that size pixel are just stupendous. But yeah, imagine what it would be with larger pixels, boys and girls. Yeah, I think I think that there's definitely room for improvement there. That, and I think the big thing we're going to see is the, hopefully, LG's first OLED panel. So, um, on a phone. I know. Why is it that, like, they are supposedly making OLED panels for Apple, even. Yeah. And, you know, upcoming phone. Rumors, rumors. But, like, how is it that we haven't seen an OLED phone from LG in the flagship realm since the G2 Flex, I think? Yeah, and that was, that was a interesting technology too that was that was plastic oled plastic which is uh ooh. it didn't look that good there's a lot of like imperfections in the um, model the grays and yeah did you ever notice how blotchy the screen was yes and also um if you flexed it um sometimes it became prone to just big circles dying in the display where they just could turn black um so oh, i never had that oh yes i had two of them with that issue oh no yeah so it was it was very uh very much a compromised technology i think so i think yeah lg is lg is obviously taking their time winding up this this oled business so i'm hoping that it's taken so long because they've been trying very hard to work out all the kinks and get to that uh hopefully a samsung level of, of panel oh my god the samsung displays oh yeah just thinking about one gives me a drooling feeling in my mouth. Oh, it's, it's true. It amazes like, me oh. that every year that they manage to make those incremental improvements. It I still know. blows me away. It's like, how much better can it really get, guys? And then they keep making nope. it better. You know, it's like, hold my beer. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like, he thought yeah. it couldn't get brighter. It can. <laughs> Yeah, watch this. Um, listen, David, thanks uh, Thanks for being on. Uh, we need to wrap it up. I'd love to give you a chance to pitch yourself. Uh, tell people where they can find you, what you do, all that stuff, your handles, etc. Sure thing. Uh, you can find me at androidpolice.com where I'm managing editor. You can find me on Twitter saying probably inappropriate things. Uh, my handle is <laughs> rdr0b11, which is totally not even, you know, you, nobody understands what that is. Just look me as David Reddick on Twitter. Um, and thanks for having me, Miriam. 
had a good time. Thanks so much for yeah, thanks so much for coming on, dude. I've wanted to have you for a really long time. You're one of my favorite um a tech journalist because I think you and I kind of click on how opinionated we both are and how we don't, you know, hide it, right? And uh, but we're, I think we're just being genuine, which is I think what uh, I wish more people were in our business. And so it's a pleasure to have you on. You guys know where to find me. Uh, the podcast is at mobiletechpodcast.com. Tell your friends, please subscribe. Uh, I'm uh, Tankgirl at T-N-K-G-R-L. That's like the comic book without the vowels. Uh, and of course, my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Miriam Schwar, just my legal name spelt out, uh, Miriam with a Y. And I want to thank the folks at World Podcasts that cut this podcast for me and host it uh, because they're awesome. And I couldn't do this weekly show without them. Uh, stay tuned for next week. Obviously, I'll have a guest on where we're going to discuss the Z2 force in more detail because at that point, we'll have had some serious uh, time with the device. And uh, there's always more to come, so tune in next week. Thanks again, David. Thank you. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.